Welcome to the eighth episode of Yachty Number, the Amazing Race 31 recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as always is the Canadian who I'm going to have to make do 20 push-ups for delaying this podcast, Logan Saunders. Good morning. And the lady who regularly compares motherhood to reciting poetry on an inflatable sofa, Michelle First Denovan. <laughs> That's a good one. Thanks. And, Hi. And just as a warning for everyone, Michelle has wine. <laughs> well, it's night time here. It's exciting so- to do this at night time. Don't expect it every week. It's only Logan's <laughs> fault. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, that's, we're only doing it at this time because Logan wanted to go and have a big night 12 hours ago. Yeah, I think we need to get into that in a minute, actually. <laughs> because, as always, where in the world is Logan Saunders? Do both of you already know? Yeah, I know. Well, I know. I'm not sure if Michelle does. I think I, think I know. You're in, you're in the... Um, God, I don't know. You're in somewhere with a strange-sounding name that I've sometimes heard. <laughs> that narrows it down. Um, um, it's not a regular I... country that people visit. It's not a regular place. But go on. It's not. It's a bit more frequent now with tourists over the past few years. But you're right. It's probably the biggest English barrier. I've probably encountered in quite a while. It is a country with less than a million people. And I think it's like the least, probably least densely populated country in Europe. Is it, it Canada? Is, no, Canada's not in Europe. Yeah, until you do the Europe clue, Canada would have been a good answer to that. Yeah, well, Mon- Mon- or Mongolia. I think Mongolia is the least densely populated country in the world. Actually, I, I'm certain of it. Um, but I am in Montenegro, Budva. Budva Montenegro. Oh, no, I know Montenegro. Sorry. What was your previous country? Kosovo. No. What was the town? What was the town? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, that's it. Yeah, that's the one I was trying to get to. (laughs) There's actually quite a few tourists in Skoda. There's a lot in Skoda or Skadra. There's like two different pronunciations of it. Anyway, what have you been up to this week? Geez, it, it's starting to, after six months, Michael, to be honest with you, it all starts to blend together. <laughs> Sometimes I don't even know what country I'm in, and that's no exaggeration. If I'm really tired, I'm like, oh, what, what place am I in? <laughs> Neither do it's we. It's a town within all town in Europe. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, that's a good uh, way to be. That's amazing. Um, Let's see, past week. Where, did I, where was I last week, Michael? You probably know better than I do. Was I not Albania? Well, in Kosovo. It was Kosovo. You were in Kosovo last time, so please don't yeah, correct the... me on that, because I remember you being in Kosovo. Yeah, so I was the last person to stay at that Airbnb there, the one with the... That was the biggest apartment I've ever had. Definitely the cheapest country in Europe. Um, then I went to Albania. Oh, yes, that's probably what you want me to talk about. The massive uh, protests in Albania, in Tirana. I was in the capital. I wasn't even supposed to be in Tirana, um, it was just because it was going to be a really long bus ride to get to Skoda, or it was going to be too confusing with the language barrier. So I decided to just pop into Toronto for the evening, and they're trying to get rid of their super corrupt government there. Actually, it's happening in Montenegro a bit too. But they were having their biggest protest ever in Toronto on the day that I was there, the only day that I was there. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and they, they, they organized one protest a month, and this was like their big one. And I go into the square thinking, eh, I've been to plenty of European protests. They don't really get too out of hand except for 
like in Catalonia when they try to get to independence. That's that's always a bit more uh, intense. I'm like it's just trying to get the government out, you know. That happens everywhere. And there's just really really loud fireworks. They don't know if they're fireworks or gunshots at first. And huge huge crowds, so many different crowds, and they all start storming through with the loud fireworks and. Too too much too much police too much police there for comfort, you know it's like there shouldn't be this much police there. They're expecting shit to go down, so I left pretty quickly. And then the couple people at my hostel, who happened to stay back there, they were trying to get as close as possible to film it, and they got exposed to some tear gas. Ooh, wonderful! Wow, that'll um add to your holiday feel. Yeah, that would add to the story. That would enhance the story. It's like, oh, man, what's your story of going to Albania? Oh, I got tear gassed. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't Tirana where uh, Amazing Race Canada seems to spend half of its legs now? Tirana, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with the CN Tower. That's the one, yeah. (laughs) And then... And then I, yeah, then I went to Skoda from there, which was much more peaceful, but tons of tourists... um, and that was a really cool place. And then five days ago, I came to Montenegro. And Montenegro is by far one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. Wow. And that's saying something because you've been a lot of places now. Yeah. I was actually looking up those some travel vloggers. And I don't understand how people can try and do every, Like there's this one woman, I guess, who did every country in the world. But in the span of 18 months, which means you only mm. spend three days per country, which doesn't even sound like that much fun to me. <laughs> no, it's hard. Especially you do- if you have a little little country like Liechtenstein and then compare it to Australia. And if you spend the same amount of time in both. Yeah, because I did the math. It was 196 countries, yeah, 18 months, which, yeah, it would like the average would have to be three days every single country. Hmm. So what did we think of this episode? I loved it. Shocker. (laughs) Well, they've got airport problems. They've got switches. They've got um, a gnome being left. Like, it was good. And then Chris and Brett were eliminated. (laughs) Which you guys were probably very happy about because you managed to guess it correctly. (laughs) Yeah. Is this a worldwide record for there for the person with the worst, the team with the worst average to go home every time? Um, someone did say that season 20 did, and I don't think it did. But I'm sure I'm going to get corrected on that because we got a fun amount of corrections last week. I don't know whether you guys spotted this. No, uh, it's, tell me. Oh, the key, oh, the final four. Um, I forgot. Well, season 14 sucks so much. That's my least favorite non returnee season. Of almost any reality show ever. So if I forgot about the final four U-turn and on the penultimate leg of season 14, I'm not too upset that I forgot about that. Yeah, thank you to literally every person ever who told us about this. (laughs) You hate being wrong. (laughs) No, as I said to Trent when he became the third person to point out the final four U-turn thing, I cannot tell you how much I love Logan being wrong at things. So please keep correcting us. (laughs) <laughs> uh, season 20 did indeed have the first six boots all go home in order of average so next week if it's uh, if it's Leo and Jamal then it becomes a record we're all about the records this season aren't we we really are whether it is is a story for next week <laughs> so either 
Leo and Jamal get eliminated to keep up to break the new streak record, or they tie Rachel's record? Yeah, so Leo and Jamal are getting a record regardless next week. Interesting. So previously, teams continued racing through Switzerland, where they faced a U-turn vote. Becky used her extensive cycling experience to cut ahead of the competition, while Brett had a chance to prove his worth at the roadblock in a foot race for the pit stop. Tyler and Corey won their third leg in a row, but at a showdown at the roadblock, Leo and Jamal came out on top, and Rachel and Alitha went home. And teams must now fly to Split and head to Kushiani Beach, where they will find a gnome with their next clue. You didn't ask me how my week was. But you you have the same thing every week, Michelle. No, I had something different. Well, I was going to ask you, and you interrupted me. So, how was your week, Michelle? Oh, did I? Yes. <laughs> I can't remember interrupting you. I, I know you can. do it all the time, don't that, I? That's the wine talking. <laughs> oh, I haven't had that much. Oh, my God. I've had, like, five sips so far. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, that. The... The apps for Amazing Race Australia got extended a further week because I've heard I've heard they have only had half the amount of apps as they did way back, like eight years ago. So they're hoping that this week they would have got maybe another five thousand apps and calls should start now next week. Well, those 5,000 extra applications will probably come from you applying with every single person you know. <laughs> you know what? If I had enough good people to apply with, I would. I can't just apply with any Tom, Dick and Harry because they're not good enough. No, I'll apply with every person in Australia named Tom, Dick and Harry. As I know from personal experience, every Tom is trouble. So I would not apply with any Tom. So I'll just do the Dicks and Harrys. So you wouldn't apply with Tom. Please make that happen. What about no, the Harry I would Dicks? never apply with Tom ever, ever. You know that we want this to happen. It would never happen. It, it would it'd just be so hopeless. I couldn't. I couldn't be with him. <laughs> that's the fun. Yeah, but no, no fun for you. No fun for me. No, it would be hilariously fun for us. But anyway, you can get back to the episode now. <laughs> oh no, we're going to keep digging in this, Michelle. <laughs> so if there was a roadblock where you had to drive down a mountain in a golf cart and hit a possum square on, you wouldn't take him? Uh, no, but he's, since he's done that before, and it was a wallaby, since he's done that before, yes, I will let him do that again, correct? I couldn't remember which marsupial it was. It was, it was, it was a, a wallaby. wallaby. Yeah, sorry. Yes. It was the most Australian story ever. Yeah. I'm not sure whether yeah. Logan knows about that story, which makes this more fun. <laughs> I'm sure no, he does. Really? It's Michelle's um, proposal story. Yeah, when Tom was proposing to me on – there was, there's an, uh, many islands off Australia, and it was one of the islands, and they, you can hire a golf cart to get around the island. Anyway, we went on the golf cart up to the highest point, which had some um, periscopes and, and different things up there to look through. And, and vines. And, and – well, no, there were no vines. <laughs> anyway. Periscopes, said, vines, Twitter. Well, he came, uh, he came over, asked me, and as seriously, as soon as I said yes, the heavens opened and it pelted down. So we ran back to the golf cart and got in the golf cart. I'm trying to put down the side bits of plastic because they just have plastic bits that can stop the rain coming in. And he's trying to get down this mountain and get down to where we were in staying 
so that we could just get out of the rain. And so it was just chaos because it's raining, it's this speed going, there's the, me trying to put the plastic things down. Tom comes around the corner, the wallaby is hit and basically flies off the side of the mountain to the left of me. I scream, <laughs> Tom screams, and then we continue on our way down the mountain with a story to tell. And yeah, it was <laughs> it was a bit devastating and funny and scary all at the same time. If it's any consolation, Robin Amber wouldn't have checked out, checked on the wallaby either. <laughs> it was off the side of the mountain. We were just flying. My absolute favorite bit of this story is the fact that it came during a hunted episode where it was all emotional, someone talking about how he proposed to his wife at this bridge in Wales. And then I, d- I just asked Aunt and Michelle about their proposal stories, and Michelle's like, well, I do have a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I think my exact response was, how have you not told us this story before? This is amazing. This is the most Australian uh, story ever. I just imagine the wallaby being like Team Rocket from Pokemon or something, just, <laughs> just flying into the heavens. Where did it go? I'm sorry, yeah. Basically, the wallaby was good training for how Michelle treats the children now. Uh, but you know what? It's me with Australian wildlife. I've been... I've been stung by a stingray where Tom had to try and stop the pain. That's a weird I've, I've been chased by a sea snake. Well, it swam after me and I was like walking on water to get away from it. Um, I've been stung by a spider, which gave me a huge, like half my leg was a red blotch. So, you know what? Give me something. <laughs> Give me some Australian animal and it will do something to me. Have you got any kangaroo stories, Michelle? Just to make you more of a stereotype. Um, kangaroo, yes, yes. Okay, we were staying at like a caravan park in one of the in one of the um um like houses cabins, and one morning we couldn't get out because literally there were kangaroos surrounding our cabin, and we were a little bit frightened of them because they were big kangaroos, but they didn't attack us. But yeah, they were surrounding us. Any more animals, Logan? I've only had, I don't know if you've heard of this, I, I feel like this animal is very common in Australia. I've never seen it, though. It's very mysterious nocturnal animal. But when I was in Australia for three weeks, I didn't notice it. But as, as I was leaving Australia, there was some animal, and it just sucked all of the money that was out of my wallet. <laughs> just everything disappeared in my wallet after three weeks in Australia. I don't know what creature did this, but, yeah. man, yeah, I really want to track that I want to want to track that mother down. Yeah, this creature comes out every two weeks after payday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, teams must now fly to Split in Croatia, where Logan's going to be next week, and head to Kashani Beach, where they will find a gnome with their next clue once they deliver the drinks. And we only get three departure times because production hate us. So it's Tyler and Corey leaving at 4.19pm, Chris and Brett at 4.26, and Colin and Christy at 4.49. And Colin and Christy say that they've decided not to take the U-turn personally. That's nice. That's very zen of them. Whether they're telling the truth is a whole other story, because, you know, there's a U-turn next week, but we will see. And for the first time in about three seasons, teams must actually book their own flights from Split to Zurich. Yeah, that was good. In season 30, it was just the Czech Republic leg? Even that, it's usually through the app now. They don't usually send them to 
an actual travel agent or a, an airport to book flights. Right. That one was just, you have the Travelocity app. Pick the first flight or the second flight. First flight is full, therefore you're on the second flight. So season 29, did that have any, the second leg of season 29, did that have a flight scramble? The Brazil leg? Uh, yes, that was the last one, I think. And see, the second leg of season 28 was the other one? With Columbia when they were on like three different flights? So it's just one leg per season? Is that, is that what it is now? <laughs> And Nicole and Victor, when they leave, point out that they're one of only two non-amazing race teams left. And that will age well, given that, you know, they're one of only one now. I wonder how that's going to impact the season long term of just having just, oh, we brought back half amazing race teams and the other half are from other shows. Oh, none of them made any sort of impact, even though we want to have their audience watch all season long. Damn it. It's the fans versus favourites principle. You don't put people with experience against people without experience because the people with experience are obviously going to do much better. Unless it's like Amazing Race Canada where it's all easy domestic tasks and there's no language barrier and it's all just completely challenge-based. Yeah, true. So Tyler and Corey and Chris and Brett book a flight at 11.20am. Becker and Floyd, Leo and Jamal and Colin and Christie book one at 1225 and the reason that I point out these times is because how did it take them that long to get to Zurich? It's not that far. Oh, to leave at 4 o'clock in the afternoon and then... Yeah, Tyler and Corey left at 4.19 and they don't actually leave Zurich until 11.20 the next day. That's a really long... Yeah, you're right. Switzerland is not that big to drive around, folks. Well, they got a, they got a train, so I'm assuming it was something to do with the trains, but... <laughs> Seriously... A train? That, even that doesn't make sense, because trains run super frequently. Yeah. And it's yeah. Switzerland. I don't know whether they were told they couldn't fly until the next day, which wouldn't surprise me. But then where would they be staying? Would they, like, stay in the airport? Yeah, they'd probably sleep on an airport floor, like Logan likes to. I don't do that anymore. I did that. The last time I did that was in Toronto, and I'm... I have no desire to sleep on any more airport floors. That was my third and final time that I ever want to do that. You're beyond that now. You're older and wiser. You've decided to just spend a little bit more and have a real bed. Yes. It's not, it's not even that because you don't even save that much more because I did it in Toronto. So the money you spend on food in the airport doesn't even help help you out. Yeah, it takes three hours. So there's some hinky stuff happening there, basically. And that's how I feel about it. Switzerland, world's slowest uh, train system. <laughs> Maybe it was a chain smoker as a conductor, and they had to stop every five minutes on the train to hop out and have a smoke. Maybe. Also, fun fact, I've just um, checked with the timings. If Tyler and Corey left at 4.19, as they actually did, um, they could have got to the Zurich airport at 7.14. Because that's how the trains work. And they would have had a few options to get there for 7.14 as well. It's a mystery. Yeah. And there's a little bit of flight drama because Nicole tries to claim dibs on a potentially free travel agent and Becca pushes in and Nicole misses out due to no, the edge of going to break. No, no, no. No, no, no. Don't say she pushed in. She didn't push in. She was standing on the next line. There were two lines. You can clearly see there were two lines. She didn't push in. I know. I just like 
badgering you over your love of Becker and Floyd. It was deliberately worded just to annoy you, Michelle, I'm going to be honest. Even if it was round the other way and it was Becker and Floyd saying it, I am so big on technicalities and the right thing that I would point it out with either team. And even without knowing that there's a U-turn next week, I put as my next note, this is so setting up a U-turn. There's going to be some sort of blood feud between these two teams. Mm. And for the first time all season, there is no intro. Because we had to see the flight drama. If we get if we get flight drama for the first time, first proper flight drama in several seasons, and a lot of seasons, I'm okay with the intro being ditched if that's the sacrifice we have to make. We really had to we had to cut the intro too because we really need to draw out the exciting conclusion as to who would be eliminated this leg and properly uh, say farewell to Chris and Brett. Properly eulogize them. Properly eulogize them, yes. You know, that was a long mat chat, and I feel like we got to know their story well at the end of the episode. And Nicole and Victor get on standby for an 11.30am flight. And once teams get to the beach, is an active route info, which is transporting six full drinks from a bar to a group of sunbathers to get their gnome and next clue. And nobody really overtakes each other on this one, so Chris and Brett leave in first, and they must now head to the Mayan Cave Church and use their gnome to deliver a loaf of bread to a monk to get their next clue. Isn't that an amazing church? So many places in Europe in particular have... Um houses or churches in rock walls because researching different dwellings around the world for school for my for my girls I had to um find these places and they're just amazing I can imagine they'd be lovely and cool in summer but freezing in winter yeah how did the monk get up there (laughs) monks are experienced rock climbers takes a lot of discipline (laughs) And did Becca see the church and go, oh, cool, rock wall, can I climb? <laughs> my new, how much is the rent? <laughs> this is my new ideal home. Yeah, just, just, it's like, a, it's like a lobster or a crab living in a shell. It's just Becca living in a rock. <laughs> and Tyler and Corey leave in second. And my next note is, all in capitals, stop trying to make friends a thing. Hey, friends! You couldn't hear the eye roll there, but it's already got past the point of being incredibly irritating now. Did um, mm. did Tyler give you any info on why he keeps calling people friends, Logan? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I like how we keep up this pretense that we actually don't hate him, by the way. I know, I just got feedback of somebody asking <laughs> if, if it's a joke or not. It's like, after nine episodes, you haven't caught on? Really? My barely hidden contempt for his very existence isn't enough? So, from Tyler Oakley, hey guys, um, we call people friends. No, hey friends. Because, yeah, hey friends, we call people friends because we're sarcastic, except for this time when we're messaging you, Logan. Sincerely, Tyler Oakley. Your best friend. I should note that newer fans probably don't even know what the word standby means. Yeah, no team has been on standby for years. Yeah, standby definitely didn't happen in season 28 or 29. Also, given what we know about the rules for flights now, what would have happened if Nicole and Victor couldn't get on that flight? Because they wouldn't have been able to book another one. If it's standby, maybe you have to wait for that flight to leave and then you can book one? Yeah, I think so. And... The 1225 flight, which is the one that Colin and Christie and Becker and Floyd and Leo and Jamal are all on, 
is delayed by an hour. Well, it gives production to make Chris to fix Christie's bathing suit so that it's three sizes too big for her body. Did you see that on I their didn't. Instagram? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, no, was, I didn't. Because somebody, because she got blurred out um, in her yes, bikini, and then she that. said, "Yeah," and then she said, "Well, that's because production gave me a bathing suit that was two that was two or three sizes too big for me." <laughs> it didn't fit her properly at all. <laughs> I did wonder why you were paying such attention to Christie's bathing suit size. Yeah, there's an actual story behind it. It's not. It, I'm not J.K. and Mike, uh, Michael. Why didn't they have their own swimming costumes anyway? Because the girls usually have their own. Because it was colour coordinated. I know it was all colour coordinated, but I wouldn't want to wear some other swimming costume that isn't right. Like. Women, girls, wear very different swimming costumes compared to their body types, and we don't all fit into the same kind of swimming costume. Like, we just it just baffled me why they didn't take their own. It's the same sort of theory as the 27 premiere in Brazil where they all got those horrific white bathing suits. Oh, my God, I know, white. Are you kidding me? They gave the women white. That was insane. See, men, you just all wear, like, the... The, the pants, the, the board shorts, and you all look the same. It doesn't matter. You all have a waist. You all have legs. It doesn't matter. But how can you put a generic swimming costume on women? I love how uh-huh. this is the rant that Michelle does. You can't. You just can't do it. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm so glad that I'm not there. That was awful. I, so I felt the, for the women. I felt for them. So when the Riley sisters are gone... This is this is this is our rant for for the week. <laughs> it's about swimming costumes. <laughs> I don't have any other rants. I don't think I do have capitals on my page, and you probably know what that is for. That's later S- on. Yeah. Sarajevo, um, <laughs> Belgrade, Lisbon. Those capitals, Lisbon. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> and I just have one more note about the Mayan cave church, and it's why did they have to wear helmets to hoist a gnome? Where was the chocolate if it's a Mayan cave ruin? Good point. Where's the basketball? You know, where's 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 chicken? Where's chicken pizza? I expected to see some sort of temple in the middle of Croatia, or maybe even a crocodile-proof cage, just something to link it to the Maya. Yeah, or a howler monkey. Come on. Like, I, I, what the what the fuck? I just expected them to link it to Survivor Guatemala in some capacity, and they just didn't They didn't live up to my expectations. Yeah, Becca would have loved a Mayan, would have loved it if it was full Mayan references, too. She would have paid double for that rent. Oh, cool. <laughs> Becca. Oh, it's like Zoe Brick from Future <laughs> Becca, homeowner. So once teams get the gnome back from the church, it's a detail which is poetry in motion, all washed in from the ocean. And in poetry in motion, teams must ride an inflatable boat and memorise a poem at the same time. If they perform the poem correctly, they get the next clue. And in washed in from the ocean, teams will snorkel around the ocean to find a goblet and five coins using a metal detector to get their next clue. And which one would you guys have picked? Snorkeling. Really? Yep. It's an underwater needle in a haystack challenge. You've got a you've got a metal detector and and I'm pretty good in the water and I think I would be good with that compared to remembering a poem whilst screaming because I would be screaming. Yeah, but also the sheer amount of distance that they had to cover with the snorkel and the coins were tiny. 
But if you think about it, there would have been a, there would have been twenty five coins in there, and five goblets. In theory, there would have been because they would have had to have enough for everybody. I think it would have been. I I would have picked that over the um, poem. What would you have picked? Obviously, the poem. Yeah, I would have picked the poem. Logan, that would be a tough one. I know I'm a good swimmer. It depends on the Adriatic, though. Is no, the water here in the Adriatic is really clear, though. Do you ever pick a needle in a haystack challenge? That's that's my question. Well, like, how big is this haystack? It was a pretty big haystack, and also with with the tides, it could have moved outside of the haystack. No, they're metal. They wouldn't have moved. They're heavy enough, and a lot of them were under a rock. So they wouldn't have gone away in the tide. And the, the whole thing with the poem is that you just get one word wrong and then you're back out there doing it again. And with Chris and Brett, it seemed like they couldn't, neither of them could hold their breath for that long. They kept coming up and resurfacing. Like if you can hold your breath for, say, a minute or so at a time and keep lifting up rocks for the coins, you can cover a lot more ground than having to just, like, I didn't Chris just dive his head in for like two seconds and resurfaced? Like, if you're going to do it that way, then there's no way in hell you're going to... No wonder it took them forever. Like, you got to hold your breath for at least a minute, man. You know who I would have loved to see on this inflatable raft challenge, though? Uh, Michael Jackson. Scott. Scott. Scott is a good answer. Rachel Riley was the correct one. Oh, gosh. Could you imagine? Charla. <laughs> Charla would have been great on this. We know so much about Rachel already, but... Oh, uh, here I mean, we go. We, we found out some new things about her this week. <laughs> yes, continue. Like the fact she's an alarming alliterator, bitter Betty, cantankerous coat rack, disco dominatrix, exasperating expert, fun meter fondler, gallant gallivant, hot headed he- hairdresser, ignomious igly builder, jackassy Jill in the box, crumping klaxoner, marauding mathematician, naked naturopath, obnoxious obstetrician, persistent pentameter, queen of quilting, raucous redneck, syndrome synchronizer, Tasmanian tiger, underwhelming underperformer, vivacious vacuumer, withering weightlifter, xenodoki electrayer, yammering yoxwoman, and zigzagging zipper trimmer. What was K? I missed. I don't understand what K was. Crumping klaxonia. A klaxonia. What is that? I'm assuming it's someone who operates a klaxon from the spelling. Gosh. Like klaxon alarm. I was I was oh. hoping that X would have been exciting xylophoner. No, it was xenozochial X-ray. It's got to start with X. It can't be exciting, even though it's E-X. It's got to be an X. I know, when you were getting to the end of the alphabet, I'm like, what's X? What's X? <laughs> well, Bindle's actually sent that over a week ago now. He sent it on Saturday morning. So I've, I was looking through it all week and I'm like, I'm not sure which one Michelle's going to actually go for on this one. Maybe Fun Me to Fondler. Uh, no, I did like that one. Yes, I did. We've already been discussing what the finale plans for the Rachel job list are and it's going to be fun. Unstoppable. Uh, unstoppable, yeah. Hey, something I noticed in hey. that snorkel task. Hey, um, did you notice the Caribbean steel drum band music playing when they're nowhere near the Caribbean? Yes. Why? Feeling hot, hot, hot. <laughs> <laughs> because Amazing Race only has one water-themed stereotype, and it seems to be the Caribbean. It's so weird. Just for the record, you will not hear Caribbean-style music playing on the Adriatic. This is coming from somebody who's been swimming in the Adriatic every day this week. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a lie, Logan, and you know it. I may have to um, put a soft Caribbean music behind you at all times for this podcast. It's a little loud. <laughs> Feeling hot, hot, hot. 
<laughs> so Chris and Brett find a coin in a goblet pretty quickly, and then Tyler and Corey look at the challenge and swap to the poacher challenge. And Chris and Brett find two more coins. And Leon Javal leave the drinks in fourth, with Becker and Floyd in fifth and Colin and Christie in last. And then Nicole and Victor leave Poetry in Motion in first. And teams must now head to Diocletian's Palace, where they will find their next clue. And Tyler and Corey leave Poetry in Motion in second, because that is the obvious challenge to pick. It's the obvious challenge to pick when you can't hold your breath for more than uh, 20 seconds. Well, yeah. And then Chris and Brett, they switch to Poetry in Motion... Then they switch back to looking for the goblet and the coins. Then they switch to riding a new unicycle. And then they switch to drinking at a bar. Then they switch back to poetry motion. <laughs> then they switch back to the coins. Then they switch back to uh, doing their taxes. They did their taxes, realized, oh, wait, that's not even one of the challenges. Why, why the hell are we doing this? <laughs> and then they switch to a restaurant because they were hungry. And then they go back to poetry in motion. Michelle, just out of interest, uh, how angry did Chris and Brett make you for constantly switching? Oh, wow. Yes, I have caps on my page. Yes. What the hell? They only had two coins left to find, and they quit it. Two coins. And then they quit the poetry and went back, and I'm thinking, oh, what is wrong with these men? It's not really – I know, Michael, you think it would have been a hard challenge, but when – I suppose when you're Australian and you're constantly losing something in the sea and you're forever looking down at the sand trying to find things, you sort of get used to that sort of thing. But why? Why would you switch with only two coins left? I think the the, uh, washed in from the ocean challenge is probably the most difficult detail they've had for a few seasons now because it's entirely dependent on luck. They don't tend to do straight luck challenges anymore. Yeah. And once teams get to Diocletian's Palace, it's a roadblock, which is who's ready to get their marching orders. And in this roadblock, one team must keep track of five soldiers who have red ribbons over their helmets and identify them as they move around amongst a group of 18 to get their next clue. And it's Corey, Nicole, Floyd, Leo, Christie, and Brett doing this roadblock. It's a lot of one or two syllable names. It is. It's all one or two syllables. Thank you, Amazing Race, for confusing the hell out of me. <laughs> but first, back to the detail, because we spot that Chris has both a Superman tattoo and a tram stamp. Yeah, Chris just actually did an interview on the official Amazing Race Facebook page, and he's like, oh, thank you for showing off my tram stamp to the world. <laughs> and Corey and Nicole decide to work together at the roadblock, and Becca learns the poem as a rap, because of course she does. Should have learned it as an opera. Easy if you learn it as something. It is, but also it's really irritating television. Oh no, you hate rapping. I thought it was cool. I liked it. I liked the way Tyler and Corey did theirs. Mm, Chris and Brett were a bit over it. They couldn't do it at all. Colin and Christy did it as a Shakespeare performance. That was yes. <laughs> yeah, that's because Colin and Christy are awesome. <laughs> all Colin needed was a backflip thrown in there at the end. I did wonder whether they had to do it hammed up or whether they could literally just basically read it off the page. Oh, like the Denmark task? Yeah, everyone was going really for, like, the Denmark task personality rather than, you know, actually attempting the task properly. They were told to perform it, not just to say it. So that's why they all sort of did a bit extra. Yeah, but it's what your definition of perform means. Maybe they were instructed to do it that way for the TV audience. You're like, well, if you just go up there and say, touristic information, no, I'm flying over, blah, 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 give me my clue. It's probably not going to be that interesting to watch. 
you'd rather watch paint dry or to see Eric and Daniel come back and run the race again. So it makes sense that they had to make them be, you know, get really into the performance of reciting the poem. And Nicole does mislead Corey, so they have to do about an extra five rounds because they can't trust him. Colin and Christy switch to poetry after they hear Chris and Brett have found nothing in two hours. Chris and Brett switch back to poetry again, and then Becker and Floyd leave poetry in third, and Corey and Nicole both leave the roadblock. So teams must now head to Matiuska at Split Harbor, the pit stop for this leg of the race. The last team to check in will be eliminated. And I know I said this on Facebook yesterday when I was watching the episode, but the greeters for this leg are the most adorable greeters ever. <laughs> well, it's a hundred donations. I love Dalmatians so much. They're so cute and they're so stupid. They're a dog breed specifically bred to run headfirst into fire. They are very, very dumb dogs and they're very cute. Did you see the photo of the photos of the dog that followed me in Albania? Not yet, no. I try and avoid your photos if possible. In Skoder, I was at the castle and there was this dog that was just milling about and it looked like it was posing for Instagram pictures, you know, where Somebody looks out over the view of a city and somebody has to be behind them to take that picture, like they're in pensive thought. So I saw a dog that was doing that, so I decided to take the pictures of the dog as if it was trying to get its own Instagram. And the dog followed me for like the next, I don't know, maybe like 20 minutes, like down, exit through the castle and all the way into uh, town a bit. I had my own companion. It was a very sweet dog. Oh, I thought you were a friend. Yeah. Can't fit into my carry-on, sadly. A few months ago, I was walking through um, <laughs> I was walking through a park, a park <laughs> near Sorry. Sorry, oh, he just barked, didn't and, he? Yeah, I know, I was ignoring it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, a few months ago, I was walking through um, a park near home, and there was this border collie puppy coming from the other direction. And it got near to me and just kind of stared. And then basically pestered me to stroke it, so I did. So I kept walking. And this border collie just kept kind of running up and going, you didn't pay me enough attention. Come on. Hmm. More affection. And this happened probably about four or five times before it's only had to come over and, and say, no, he, do- he doesn't want you to stay with him forever. And I'm like, yeah, but I do, because I love you. <laughs> I just want to dog nap you, but I, I won't get away with it. <laughs> cute. Border collie puppies, very, very cute. Pretty much the way to win my heart is just show me a puppy. So all of those Dalmatian puppies were very cute. It's a Dalmatian plantation. Yeah. And, you know, actually a correct greeter as well, given that, you know, Dalmatians are Croatian dogs. Mm. They're from Dalmatia. Yeah, exactly. And the first dogs that we've seen um, as greeters since the iconic Great Dane in Denmark in 25. And before that was Beethoven and Unfinished Business? Yes, I think so. Which season was it where every greeter had an animal or a bird? 25. Oh, my God, that was so good, where we just waited for the next greeter to see what they would have. That was the Maltese falcon. Yeah. The the Great Dane is the iconic one there, where he just starts trying to hump Phil. Yeah. (laughs) I want a picture of all those greeters now. I want, I'm going to have to look, go back and have a look at them now. So in a boat race for the pit stop, Tyler and Corey come in first again, and they win a trip to Mexico. But what comes with it, Michelle? A spa. Trip to the spa with massages. 
and a six-course meal as well. That was a really good prize. Yeah, but they've already been to Mexico. It's the first place they went to on Amazing Race. Well, that's okay. Now they can enjoy it at their leisure. They've won better prizes. The Vietnam one last week was better. Yeah. Can we talk about how they were rowing the boat, please? Like, they weren't rowing the boat, actually. They were using the paddles on the side individually. What What was that about? I don't know, but also... You can tell that production just made them row the boat for funsies because they could have just walked around to to where Phil was, but oh no, they had to (laughs) row in just for fun. (laughs) That's good. Something extra. And Nicole and Victor return to their previous position of second place. How many second place finishes do they have? Four or five, I think. Let me check. Uh, Four. How many did Joe and Kelsey have in 27? Five in a row. I thought that was five in a row. Yep. Um, how good was that soldier task, though? It was really good, to be fair. Did you see one of the um, side soldiers? He wasn't actually one of the middle ones. He um, slapped one of them on the, their shield when the shield was too high when they were trying to guess. No, I didn't. Oh my! He, he came in from the side and hit him with, I don't know what, a mallet or something and hit the shield down so that they were covered properly. A taser? <laughs> I rewound it just to make sure it was it was right, and it was. I can't believe you missed that. How do you miss? You don't miss anything. Because I was watching this at work yesterday, assuming we were actually going to be doing it at our normal time before Logan decided to go drink beer instead. <laughs> I went swimming too. Before Logan decided that beer were better friends for him than we were, Michelle. Yes, yes. That's okay. Not that I'm bitter. <laughs> <laughs> And Floyd leaves in third because he's a marching band geek and gets it pretty much straight away. He did get it first go. I was impressed. And then Colin and Christy leave poetry in fourth and Colin's reaction is delightful. My man! My man! However, they did forget their gnome at the detour and once they get to the roadblock, realise this and have to go all the way back. All the way back. I'm all the way back. And Leo's ego keeps making them get it wrong, but they do leave in fourth, and Leo has to do 20 push-ups as punishment. Touristic. Touristic. (laughs) And Leo says uh, about the roadblock that it's like a lottery. No, Leo, it's nothing like the lottery. You have much more chance of winning this roadblock. You want to ask what's like the lottery? Ask Lena and Christy. Yeah, you can't leave a detail where there was a luck challenge and go, yeah, this one's actually like like the lottery. No, it's not. Yeah. I have to pay attention and remember where things were. Oh, man, it's just like the lottery. <laughs> and Colin and Christy, when they get back to the detail, realise that Chris and Brett haven't left yet, at which point Chris and Brett leave poetry in last. And Christy and Leo decide to work together. They leave in equal fourth. Colin and Christy checking in fourth, Leo and Jamal in fifth, and then Chris and Brett check in in last and are eliminated. And it all happened like 20 seconds at the end of the episode. It was hilarious. Did you hear why it happened so rushed? No, I did not. Did you? Because Colin and Christy and Leo and Jamal were working together to get to the pit stop as well, so there would have been literally no intrigue. (laughs) They couldn't edit it to go, ooh, who's going to get there first, Leo and Jamal or Chris and Brett? Because they were basically a second behind Colin and Christy. (laughs) Did you hear what Leo said when he reached the pit stop and he was told he was team number five? He's, he's like, oh man, we're fifth this leg. Man, we're, it's just like the lottery. You never know where you're going to finish. It's like, I think you guys after nine legs know exactly where you're going to finish. Because it's usually one above last. 
You mean after 31 as of next week? Or this week? This week was 31? This week was the. Uh... Yeah, this week's 31, so next week uh, they equal Rachel's record. <laughs> yeah, next next week when they tie it, oh man, running 32 legs, it's just it's just like the lottery. <laughs> Who knew we could have ran so many legs? Leo and Jamal, surprisingly, are currently last in terms of number of teams beaten per leg um, out of the final five. Shocker. They are also nine points behind Becker and Floyd on this. Even that's even after winning the first two legs where they would have beat, what, 19 teams? Yeah. Leo and Jamal, in the last nine legs, have beaten 31 teams. Becker and Floyd, in the last nine legs, have beaten 40. Wow. And if you consider that Becker and Floyd were the penultimate team to check in in the second leg, and Leo and Jamal were the first team to check in in the second leg, that's even more shocking. And Leo and Jamal... And the, the seven legs man, I think I checked this yesterday. Their average is 6.0 since they won the first two legs, which is even worse than what Sherry and Cole had, I think, in a seven leg span. Yeah, it is. It's uh, one point worse. Yeah. So they're doing worse than the worst Mason Race US team ever. That's the thing. They still have the capacity next week to do just as badly and lower their score even more. Mm-hmm. Should we answer um, some questions? I know there were a lot of questions this week. If we have to. Yeah, we have to, because you ask for them, so you should address them. Yes. Otherwise, we'll never get questions, Michael. That's, that's how it works. <laughs> so Kurt wants to know whether any of us have ever rowed a boat, and if yes, did we do it correctly? Yes, and yes. Because Michelle does everything correctly. I try my best. <laughs> not have always. You... Surprisingly, I've not. I haven't either. Because the one time I um, I ever would have had the chance to do it, I got other people to do it instead because I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> Classic me. Did they do it correctly? Did they? Yeah. Yeah, th- I think we were the best team in that, yeah. Do they also feed you grapes, your majesty? Uh, not that time. That was actually the, the first time that I, I met our mutual friend, yes. Oh. Was on that, uh, that trip. Uh Trent Oswald wants to know, why do you think Phil isn't mentioning the leg record to the Afghanimals, or why aren't they showing it? The next leg should be the, them tying the record that Rachel just set 100%, but also Leon and Jamal are less notable in CBS reality than Rachel Riley is, which is my suspicion on it. Well, hopefully they mention it next week, when they get to the end of the leg. Uh, and he also wants to know, is the pole vaulting across the creek the first task to be shown three times? I don't think so. There's been a task that's been used three times, hasn't there? Well, Bindle's replied to him almost immediately saying, the head shaving cross forward? Yeah. Mm, no, but in the same country. I think he wanted to know if it was in the same country, didn't he? Head shaving fast forward would still win. Yeah, head shaving fast forward has been in India at least three times. Oh, okay. Seven. Five. Oh, yeah, right. Five, seven, 20. And then I'm pretty sure, well, I know for a fact that I think every franchise that has had a fast forward apart from France and France and Canada are the only two franchises I think that have never used the head shaking fast forward. And Australia used it twice in three seasons. Yeah. <laughs> God. Are you prepared for that, Michelle, for Amazing Race Australia 4? I would not get my hair shaved. That's the only thing I wouldn't do. Did you pay $500 for extensions? <laughs> So ridiculous. No, I, I've never had extensions because I think it's ridiculous. How can you brush your hair when you've got extensions in? Anyone who has extensions, you can see because their hair looks so messy because they don't want to brush in case they rip them out because they've cost hundreds of dollars. Amazing Race Australia is supposed to be good and fun. 
<laughs> yes. Do you guys have any more questions? Um, I had some from Chris, but they're all about um, season 32 and, and things like that. So I think we should leave that for the last podcast. Uh, and Lee, Jennifer, Morris, Marvin wanted to know, has any team switched details that many times and not been eliminated? I think Bindles answered that one too. Yeah, thanks, Bindles. You're answering our questions for us. <laughs> Amazing Race Asia 3, he said? Yeah, Amazing Race Asia 3 because someone took uh, penalties on the final four leg. Yeah, I remember, yeah, Amazing Race Asia 3 had some... If you want to see the highest number of luck-based challenges and just and a couple of other challenges that were absolutely brutal, that's the season to watch. I think there was like three legs in a row where the last place team didn't even make it to the pit stop. So next time, teams head to the Netherlands, everyone is up a creek, and there's a double U-turn, and ditch diving returns once more. I love that task. Are we going to get another flashback to Don doing it in his underwear? (laughs) Because that will have been referenced as much as my ox is broken, I think, by that point. He's like in his 80s now. Maybe he'll do it now again. You know who else is in their 80s, Logan? (laughs) Mel White. There we are. Oh, I know what I was going to... I know know what should have happened this week. For the detour, for the poetry in motion, it should have been Mel White on the the raft to see his skin and his bones. That would have broken every one of his bones. No exceptions. (laughs) It would have been like dry bones from Super Mario Brothers. His bones would have just been flying through the air like, oh, there's a femur in in the Adriatic. Man, I haven't seen this many bones in the water in the Adriatic since Attila the Hun. It was bad enough seeing Nicole's face faceplant the actual base of the raft. Imagine an older person. (laughs) I am. So what are your predictions for next week? Chris and Brett. They're not in it anymore, Michelle. Oh no, sorry. (laughs) Would you still like to predict Chris and Brett? Is this the wine talking, Michelle? Technically, they are. Chris and Brett on the page, on my page down here, sorry. Michelle just has a weird condition where at any moment she could just shout, Chris and Brett. It's like Tourette's. It's Chris Chris and Tourette's. (laughs) 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 Sorry. (laughs) Well, we know what one of the hints is going to be. Michelle has Tourette's. (laughs) I'm not going to ask Logan until you stop laughing, Michelle. It's (laughs) just fun, though. Technically, Chris and Brett are gone next week because they're not even there to begin with. So Michelle's not wrong. She's just also not right. (laughs) I think we've broken Michelle finally. Okay. My Michelle is broken. (laughs) Who wants to go first? I cannot make a prediction for next week because somebody on Facebook decided to spoil it. Did they? Yep. Really? Interesting. On the fan page? Yep. Jesus. Somewhere. They... I can't remember where. But they're like, they this team you? goes home next. It's all down to you, Michelle. Well, I think I think it could be either, I can't say one team, Nicola, Victor, or Leo and Jamal. And who do you think is going to get U-turned? <sighs> Colin and Christy. If, but if they get there first, they won't be. But I don't think they'll get there first since Tyler and Corey are going out first. Who do you think will get U-turned? Oh, you know. You can't talk. I don't know who gets U-turned, but I have a theory which I can't say on the podcast. 
Right, Logan. I have a theory. I have a theory too. I think Logan probably is thinking of the same theory I do because he knows who goes home. Okay. Thinking maybe it's them. Maybe it's them. Yeah. Okay. Well, you two can not talk and. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, I am private messaging you my theory right now. Yeah, I didn't know Logan had been spoiled, so uh, we would have discussed this a couple of days ago. <laughs> I didn't get spoiled till like late last night. Um. Have you guys got anything else you want to say? That's it. Well, enjoy your wine, Michelle. <laughs> I only had one glass. And enjoy Croatia, Logan. <sighs> I shall, I shall, and split. And enjoy your week, everyone listening. Because we don't acknowledge yeah. you enough. There are people, yeah. there's literally ones of people listening to this podcast. So hello. <laughs> hello. There might be at least eight. Hi. I need like a doorbell sound effect because I've been... Obsessed with Book of Mormon for the past couple of days. Hello! Is that a Netflix series? What is that? No, Book of Mormon. It's the, the musical that oh, I see on Thursday. Oh, Book of Mormon. Yeah. Sorry. I it's thought a... you said Book of Mum. No, no, Book of Mormon. Yes. I know everyone loves that show when they see it. I've never seen it, but everyone goes off. It begins with a, uh, a song called Hello. Hello! Mm-hmm. So, thank you for listening to this You Are Team Normal podcast. You can join us next week for our penultimate recap of the season. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, or on Twitter pages, MJ Armstrong for me, Logs of Crackly for Logan, and Bear, three, the three, for Michelle. See you next week. Bye. Peace out and just chill till the next episode. There's only two more episodes. There is. I can't wait. We get a break. We actually get some time off.